Good morning. This is Darrell Gunter, your host for Leadership on WSOU 89.5 FM and streaming on the net at WSOU.net. Well, I'm so pleased to have one of our local residents, Miss Dustin Dumas, in our studio today to talk about her career and background and most importantly, Dustin's Kaleidoscope, which is her local TV show. Dustin, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm really thrilled to have you. Hank Zona, who is a mutual friend of ours, um, who has been on the, our, this program a few times, suggested that we should meet. And I tell you, we've exchanged a number of text messages and, and phone calls. And I tell you, just a bright spirit. And I'm really looking forward to, to learn about Dustin's Kaleidoscope. But before we do that, can you share with our audience a little bit about your education and background? And then we'll climb into how did you come to formulate Dustin's Kaleidoscope? And, and, and what is Dustin's Kaleidoscope? Okay, absolutely. So uh, just to give you a little bit about my background, I'm originally from Illinois, right outside of Chicago, a town called Aurora, uh, which is where I grew up. And uh, my background, my professional background, or I should say my education is uh, in business, and I went to the University of Illinois at Champaign-Urbana and graduate school at the University of Texas at Austin. Uh, after graduate school, I went on uh, to to work a few years in Europe in banking, uh, came back and worked in Silicon Valley for a few years and ended up here on the East Coast. Uh, Dustin's Kaleidoscope, uh, this is actually sort of Dustin's Kaleidoscope 2.0. Uh, I had the first Dustin's Kaleidoscope when I was living in Aurora, and um, that's where it started. And when I came to the East Coast, I had an opportunity to start it up again, and that's where that's where I am now. So let's talk about Dustin's Kaleidoscope. It's a TV show, correct? And um, what do you what is it all about? What is uh, the the major theme that comes through Dustin's Kaleidoscope? So if you just think about the name, the name is Dustin's Kaleidoscope, and that is with intention because I have different guests. I have every everyone you can think of from yoga instructors to app developers to authors to musicians to gardeners because I have different interests. And that's basically uh, what my goal has always been to highlight some of the the people in our area and get to know them and understand, you know, their professions and things like that. And, of course, I have to have, you know, a personal interest in these people. Uh, so that's basically what it is. I just, you know, it, it's my way to contribute to the community and get my neighbors to know their neighbors as well. I really like that. Uh, get your neighbors to know their neighbors, which is, which is, which is excellent. And it's a 30-minute program. Correct. It's 30 minutes and, um, it airs on several stations within South Orange and Maplewood, and actually it live streams as well. So, And it's on YouTube. So once the show is finished, it airs on YouTube and, and you know forever. So you can that always is, catch it there. That is awesome. From what I understand, the show airs on uh, Comcast on, in Maplewood on Channel 35, on Vios on Channels 22 and 24, and then in South Orange... Or at uh, I guess Cablevision channel nineteen, and then on Vios channels twenty two and twenty four, and you have YouTube channel. My goodness, it's and it's streaming. Wow, <laughs> that that means that folks anywhere around the world can. 
That is correct. Anybody can see it at any time. So, you know, you're not uh, restricted to when it actually airs on Mm -hmm. television. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. What has been one of your most fascinating segments that you've had? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think in general, the segments that I find most interesting are the ones where I learn something as well as the audience. So recently I had... um, a group of drummers come in and they you know when you hear about drumming groups you understand that they're there to entertain and for people to participate but my guest had uh, some background as far as like you know this is what the drum is made from this is how the drum is is made but in addition to that he uh, is from the west coast of africa one of the he's from the ivory coast and so he was telling us it's not just an instrument to be played, but it's also a part of communicating, which I found to be interesting. And, and I thought that was something that everyone should know, because sometimes when we uh, find out about something, whether it's an instrument or whatever it is, sometimes the the origin gets lost. And that was to me, that was very important for people who are, were looking at the show to understand. Wow, that is awesome. And <clears throat> so your shows are or catalog on YouTube. So if I'm uh, someone who's like new to the area and I want to learn about my neighbors, I can just go to Dustin's Kaleidoscope. That's correct. In the YouTube channel. So there are a couple of places on YouTube where the show airs. So the, of course it airs on the channels that you mentioned, which means that you can watch it on television and to find out the specific dates and times where my show airs, you would have to go to somatv.org. But if you also go to my YouTube channel, which is Dustin Dumas, or if you go to the Soma TV YouTube channel, you can find the shows there, along with a lot of other great shows that Soma TV puts out there. That is awesome. And how many shows have you taped? You know, that's a good question. (laughs) I was thinking about that the other day, um, (coughs) because... I was wondering, you know, you know how you have an anniversary once you get to a certain point. And I know that I've done over, I want to say 35. I got interrupted somehow when I was counting. But, uh, yeah, but but you know what? Mm -hmm. It's a good body of work. It it is, you know, and I'm really happy. um, When I was looking at the different shows, I was very happy that there was a variety. So people who tune in can see all different types of people and different careers and professions and things like that. Which is awesome. Now, do you have a, a, a set time that the show airs on Soma TV, or, or does it, uh, it vary from time to time? You know, it varies. Um, they try to be very consistent month to month. So what happens is that once a show is is finished, it airs for an entire month on, on Soma TV, um, in addition to YouTube. And, of course, the live streaming. Uh, But there can be several shows that are airing at once. So maybe there's a show from a previous, like maybe a previous month that's also, that also airs. But uh, just to give you an example, I believe right now my show airs like Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. So four days a week, but at different times so that different people can can see it. That is excellent. Now, something that I learned reading your bio was that you were on a reality <laughs> TV show. I, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't mean to. 
<laughs> embarrass you because <laughs> you're cracking up. Uh, what what was the name of the show that you were you were on? That was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> the show was called No Boundaries, and okay. it was a show that was based on uh, taking a group of people and basically trying to find out. You know, who's the last person standing you, you're supposed to cross the Arctic Circle? Needless to say, I didn't win. <laughs> <laughs> you did or did not? I did not. <laughs> Let's talk about that experience because uh, uh, reality TV has really taken on a life of its own. Um, and uh, some good, some not so good. <laughs> some interesting, some not so interesting. Uh, my, one of my favorites I watch with uh, my wife, Deb, is Top Chef, you know. Okay, I've seen um, that. Yeah. But um, tell us a little bit about the experience. Well, that experience was, so I'm a very outdoors type of person. And the thing that attracted me to this particular show was that, one, it allowed me to travel. And it allowed me to travel to places I'd not been to before. And um, that was that was really the appeal to me. And this was also a long time ago, like when they had the very first reality show. So it wasn't anything... Uh, where you had to eat things that you weren't Mixed accustomed stuff, right? to. No, it was basically, uh, can you do this particular sport? Can you do this particular activity? And that, that to me was much more intriguing. So that was basically it. And each week or each, you know, every few days, a person would be asked to leave. And, and, uh, how long was the duration of the show? And, and, uh, how long did you survive before you were? <laughs> I was right. I, I survived right. Uh, about the middle. I was mm-hmm. about, I think there were 14 or 15 of us, and I think I was uh, removed uh, seven or, or, you know, number seven or eight. I don't recall. Uh, but uh, I don't even remember what the other question you had was. No, in regards to, you know, how long. Oh, how long was the show? Uh, it was maybe 10 weeks. But the, but obviously we weren't there for ten weeks. I think it, for us it was only, you know, just a few weeks. Like mm-hmm. was it five. was it natural or was or was some of the the plot or themes fabricated by the producers? Well, from what I understood, like I was doing all of the things. Like so, I was kayaking. I was, mm-hmm. you know, boating. I was swimming. So those. I mean, you had to do those activities, and that's. That mm-hmm. was really a reason okay. I wanted to do it, which, you know, basically, you know, the whole TV thing, that's why I sort of, I did this, obviously, before I did the second Dustin's Kaleidoscope right, show. Right, right, um, But, right. you know, it intrigued, actually, to be quite honest, what intrigued me most about being on the show was I was very impressed with the camera people. Okay. Because... Um, this was a show where there was a, there were there could there could potentially be a lot of safety mm-hmm. issues, and for me, meaning that you know people could right, right. hypothermia, you know, oh, sure. a, you know that right. kind of thing, and I was just really impressed with the people mm-hmm. behind the scenes, and so I would ask them like, oh, you know, how do how do you do this? You mm-hmm. know, what, what kind mm-hmm. of background do you have? So to me, that was my take on the show. Okay, do you have any interest to do any more reality TV where you're not in front of the camera but behind the camera? You know, I hadn't thought of that. I, I um, no, I hadn't really. Mm-hmm. No, I don't have an interest in that. I, mm-hmm. I really, for me, I really like talking to people. Like for me, like I was telling you a little bit before mm-hmm. the show, uh, for me, this is um, different because mm-hmm. I always interview people. Mm-hmm. I, I'm never interviewed. Right. Um, right. And so this is different. So I, yeah. 
Yeah, I had a student, um, one of my former interns, for his marketing class. He had to interview an entrepreneur, and he chose me. And so I said to him, I said, well, why don't you just come on the radio show and you're interviewing me? <laughs> and it was weird, him asking me questions. Exactly. <laughs> you know, for that. Um, you know, you have this site, which I, which I love it. It's called um, Recovering Worker Bee. Okay. Talk about, let's talk about that. So that is a companion site to the book I wrote called Lessons from a Recovering Worker Bee. Mm-hmm. And the book is based on my experiences in the corporate environment and some of the th- some ways that I could have uh, done things differently. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. I think this is with most people. Of course. And, and so that's, that's the... That's the site. When, when was the book published? The book was published in 2008. Okay. Yes. And um, what are some of the lessons that you would like to share with our audience about your book? Is, and your book is available? It's yeah. available on Amazon. Amazon? Yes. And, w- <coughs> well, <laughs> one of my uh, favorite ones, uh, I think a lot of people can probably uh, relate to this, is that sometimes meetings are not really uh, good. <laughs> You know, sometimes it's just best to not have a meeting if it's just to have a meeting just because just to say that you've had a meeting. But there are all kinds of lessons in there. And and basically the premise of the book was that I've worked in Chicago. I've worked in uh, Copenhagen. I've worked in Frankfurt. I've worked in, you know, Silicon Valley. And I wanted to basically very diverse, very diverse environment. Uh, yes, very. You know, Chicago is very mm-hmm. financial driven. Mm-hmm. Of course. And mm-hmm. the same with Frankfurt and Copenhagen. And then Silicon Valley was very tech oriented. I happen to be on the finance side. But the book basically consolidates all of the different lessons I've learned. Not all of them, but some of the more important mm-hmm. ones. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted other people to mm-hmm. basically learn from some of the mistakes I made. What are some of the key lessons or advice that you would give to young African-American women who are going to get involved in business? I would say the one of the most important things would be to have confidence in knowing that what you know is actually what you know. So sometimes there you may be the only person in the room who looks like you, who may be a woman, that kind of thing. And sometimes... People may talk over you. Sometimes people um, may not um, give you credit for your work, that kind of thing. So it's important to have that inner confidence and and to to display it. I mean, just to just to be able to tell people that you know this is your opinion, this is how you feel, and to be able to back it up. And um, when you when you when you look at that particular aspect of it, to have that confidence within yourself. Um, what is what are some of the tools that a, a young African American woman can utilize to truly develop that that inner warrior, if you will, inner peace, where you're able to debate and discuss without losing your composure? Well, I'm I'm one for continuous education, and it doesn't always have to be formal. But I think being involved in networking, and I think that's very important, not just for African American women, but I think for young people, I think for women in general, I think for anybody who wants to be able to compete with not just the people within your community, community, not with just your peer group, but just to be able to compete on a global level, you have to be able, you have to. uh, you have to have that that type of education, the networking, so that people 
uh, know what type of person you are because your reputation is is very important. So, for example, if you are not known um, within your industry, for example, it's hard for people to go to bat for you because sometimes some of the decisions that are made are made when you're not in the room. So I think networking, continuous mm-hmm. education, and again, it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be uh, formal education, but educating yourself by being around people who know more than you do. You were working in Europe in Copenhagen. Yes. Um, do you speak other languages? I Part of my work contract in, in Copenhagen was that I had to speak Danish. So, you know, if I go back there now, and I went back a few years ago, I can still get by. I mean, it's not perfect, but... I can do that. And, and and when I was in Frankfurt, my my German was very limited, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I could speak a little bit. You know, I, I think that's one of the, I don't want to say failings of the U.S. educational system, um, but one of one of the areas where if, if if I could wave a magic wand, I would say, you know, let's let's get our kids learning other languages, uh, you know, when when they're in uh, grade school. I was working for a Dutch publisher, Elsevier, and my colleagues were speaking four languages, five languages, <laughs> and we're just speaking English. Yes, <laughs> and that, you know that was one of the um, one of my motivations to uh, to leave the U.S. And, and work in Europe was that I wanted to learn another language. So I didn't did not want to take uh, finance jobs in London because I thought the I, I, there were my chances of learning another language would be limited. Uh, so I definitely wanted to go somewhere within Europe, and my focus was to learn a language. I wanted to work within my industry, and I was able to achieve both of those things. But to your point about learning different languages, it's it comes it's very important. It's, it's it, especially if you plan on working globally, and even if you and by globally, even if you do not step foot outside of the U.S., you are going to have to compete and you're going to have to work with people who are global competitors. That's right. So what's what's uh, coming up next for Dustin's Kaleidoscope? What type of guests can we expect over 2016? So the guests that I, so I have a variety of guests and um, there should be another, we're going to have some more musicians on. Uh, I want to have more people on who are hands-on so that the audience can see and learn things that um, that are more tactile in a sense. So, for example, last year, uh, or maybe it's a year and a half ago at this point, I had uh, someone come in and show us, you know, different types of food, foods that we could forage, you know, from just from our immediate area. And I thought that was something that was beneficial because a lot of these things people just assumed were weeds when they were fine to eat. So I want to have people on like that who can help people look at resources that are within the community and can uh, help them use whatever th- whatever they have. Excellent, excellent, excellent. And um, <clears throat> if you had one guest that you would love to have on your show, who would that guest be? Any guest? Any guest. Oprah. Oprah. <laughs> you want to talk about Oprah's latest uh, commercial about she loves bread, though. You, you know what? I haven't seen any of the commercials. Um, uh, but I think she is just a phenomenal woman, and she um, she has so much information to give. And I think the way that she gives information, instead of beating you over the head with it, she's able to uh, 
give that out to people in a very um, uh, deliberate manner. But you know what? We all know that about Oprah. But what I would like to know about Oprah is basically how, we all know she's, how she got started. But I would like to know for a woman who's in her position why she continues. I mean, she's, you know, would never have to work. Obviously, she would never have to work again. So I, w- I would like to know what motivates someone like her to continue. Right, right. Absolutely. And have you had any of the local town officials on your show? You know, not yet. Okay. I have not had anyone yet. I'm that, But that's one of the other things that I'd like to get. Uh, I'd like to have some of those people in 2016. You know, one of the <clears throat> organizations within our town, our two towns, South Orange Maplewood, is the Coalition on Race Relations. Have you had them on? I have not had them on. Yeah, I haven't no. had them on either. I, I, I want to do that. There, you know what? We have very limited studio time because we can only film um, on on two evenings, and I usually end up being on one of those evenings. And I have so many people I would love to have on, but not enough time. Right, right. That, that happens. That <laughs> happens. And you have a website, correct? I have a Facebook page mm-hmm. uh, with all of the shows on, upcoming shows, clips from upcoming shows, pictures, because I like to give people a little flavor for what's coming up, so I'll take pictures and things like that. But the Facebook page is Dustin Dumas, and it's just a Facebook page. It's, it's, it's a, I guess, what you would call a personality page. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that's how they officially label is that it. How they label? Okay. Yeah, so that, it's a page you can like. You don't have to friend me. You can like Oh, so that's what the difference is. Yes. Right, right. Yes. <laughs> okay. And um, do you have broader plans for Dustin's Kaleidoscope? You know what? Someone just recently asked me that, like two weeks ago. They 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 said, so what's your end goal with Dustin's Kaleidoscope? And I have to say, I have really enjoyed all the people that I've had on the show. I hadn't really thought of it from the standpoint of it being a... Uh, a leaping pad or anything like that. And I guess part of that is because the shows that have been produced have been so much fun that I'm just really enjoying this. But, you know, maybe sometime in the future I may think about that. But for me, because it's um, limited time as far as, you know, pro- uh, studio time, I, I still have so many more people I would love to have. Now, is your show um, uh, live to tape or is it edited? It's live to tape. Okay. So we do mm-hmm. we do minor editing and that we put in a PSA in the middle. Okay. So it's two 14-minute okay. segments or 14 and 45 seconds or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. But it is live to tape. And do you have any students working on your on your show? You know what? We, um, we try to get volunteers. We have a few hardcore volunteers who have been. I, I have one who has been with me from the very beginning, which is awesome. Hey, Russell. <laughs> and, um, he, you know, he's been he's been very great about helping with the studio, with helping with the camera work. I've done a few off camera um, uh, shows and he's been very helpful. We have students Every once in a while, we've had students who are from Columbia. We've had students from other um, uh, universities. Uh, but it, it just depends because I think a lot of it uh, depends on, since it's a volunteer organization, a lot of it depends on what's going on in those people's lives. Well, it's all volunteer. Oh, right? all volunteer, except for the people who run the station and, and who do some of the editing. Now, the uh, the camera work, is that done by volunteers? Or is that yes. Done? Wow. Everything. 
How many yeah. how many cameras do you have? We have it's a three camera setup. Three camera setup. Okay, mm-hmm. very nice. Very, and all volunteers. All volunteers. So we are so appreciative of everyone who comes out because you know this is our taping is done in the evening, and so we know that these people could be doing something else that they want to do. So we're always appreciative of anybody who comes out to volunteer. Very nice. You know, it seems to me that you know you're doing a a such a good thing for the community because someone who's moving to the area or new in the area and they want to get a sense of the you know Maplewood and South Orange this is a great way for them to do that because you're bringing in all these different uh, folks from a variety of different backgrounds yes. have you uh, talked to the real estate agents about hey you need to check out Dustin's kaleidoscope you know i never th- no i i have not that's that's a good idea though because we d- for example uh, a few years ago, I actually spoke to some members of the South Orange Community Garden, and it was a great way because I got I got really good feedback on that because not only did they make the community aware that there was even a uh, community garden, but it also uh, the show also helped people understand you know what they could do to uh, have their own gardens at home do well. So that kind of thing I think helps the entire community instead of. Okay, this is a very specific subject, and I don't have interest in this, so I can just keep going. So I try to make it broad enough so that mm-hmm. even if you're passing through, mm-hmm. it might be interesting. Speaking about uh, community gardens, my good friend Chris Dixon, um, he's a gentleman who has a nonprofit called Rent Party. And the I've objective of, of his organization is that they raise money um, for the food bank. Okay. And they also have a, a weekend backpack program. You know, kids who unfortunately don't have any food over the weekend, and they can get a backpack. And one of the things that he started a couple of years ago uh, was this community garden at the Elks at the Elks Lodge. I've seen it. Yes. 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 He, was, he would be someone great to have on your show because he does such a great thing for our community. And uh, he's and he's a great guy too. So. Well, I'll, you know what? I'll have to look him up. I have to. Well, I'll introduce you. That's even you better because Hank knows him as well. Um, we all met um, playing soft, girl softball. All of our daughters played girl <laughs> softball. And um, Chris was always a posing coach, and, and Hank was one of the administrators. And that's how we all uh, met each other. Oh, some, that's some, funny. Some it's some a years really ago. close-knit community, isn't it? It really is. It really is. And re- really good people who really care uh, about the community. And also, uh, Frank Scafidi. You haven't met Frank Scafidi, but he's no. a gentleman who actually built the studio. Oh, and okay. And he's, he's one of the... Um, uh, the chief guys here. Um, he has a, he is chair, uh, he's uh, the president of the Eyes Foundation, and that's the Electronic Information Educational Service of New Jersey. It's a nonprofit, and and they provide, well, we, because I'm on the board, we provide a, uh, a reading service for the visually impaired. Oh, that's and, wonderful. And um, so if I can make a pitch to have eyes on the program to talk about the great things that we did. Absolutely, absolutely. We're always looking for great guests. Wonderful, wonderful. So what type of information or or around leadership would you share uh, with our audience in regards to lessons that you have learned and some of the key things that you feel, uh, the, the key characteristics of what makes a great leader? I think one of the biggest things that makes a big leader is someone who's just willing to try it. There are a lot of people who want to prepare and prepare and prepare and then possibly go out but you know what I'd rather have someone who 
wants to try and will try and just tries it as opposed to someone who wants to wait. And I think that's, that's a big part of being elite. I mean, for example, what you do. I mean, there are a lot of people who probably thought about having a radio show, you know, who said, you know, maybe I should do this and plan. And then there are other people like you who just do it. And not to say that you're unprepared, but at some point you just have to go and take that leap. And I think that's a big part of being a leader. And in addition, having really good people who who surround you, where you have a network of people that you can ask questions uh, that you depend on as far as, you know, giving you good feedback, both positive and negative. Wow, that is really, really, really great advice. But believe it or not, we are out of time. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here with Miss Dustin Dumas, who is uh, from Dustin's Kaleidoscope, which is a uh, TV program that airs in South Orange on Channel 19 on Comcast, uh, excuse me, Cablevision, and 22 and 24 on Vios. In Maplewood, you can catch your Comcast Channel 35 and Vios 22 and 24. Dustin, it's a pleasure. Thank you for coming in. Thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. Ladies and gentlemen, that wraps it up for this weekend. This is Darrell Gunter, your host for Leadership on WSOU 89.5 FM and streaming on the net at WSOU.net. Don't forget, we're on iTunes U under Seton Hall University. Look for leadership. This is Darrell Gunter, and remember, leadership begins with you. Have a great weekend.